da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Carrying on the tradition, carrying the torch, a tradition unlike any other, as our friend Jim Nance would say. Hello, friends. Welcome in to the Mad About Movies podcast and the tradition of breaking down every single Star Wars trailer ever. <laughs> yes. Your face. Yes, your we face made death. it. We made it, Kent. We did it. We did it again. We made it. Your faithful guides here, Kent and Brian, mm-hmm. uh, here to Not lead you. Richard, ever. Richard actually asks to be on these, but we prefer no. no yeah. So uh, we're going to keep we, that going. We put it we in can. the contract this time yeah. around. Not allowed. And uh, about an hour ago, a trailer dropped for The Last Jedi. Star Wars mm. Episode Eight. Star Wars Celebration happening as we speak in Orlando. And the first panel of today was the last Jedi panel. I, I assume, I haven't watched the panel yet. I'm, I'm about to after we get off here, but uh, I assume they showed the trailer at the end of the panel and the internet has never been the same. <laughs> so, again, carrying on the tradition, what we did when the Force Awakens trailers came out, I think we talked literally for three hours just about the trailers and for the, the teaser and the uh, full-length trailer <laughs> when that came out. Yeah. And we did the same for Rogue One, and uh, here we are with The Last Jedi, so expect more of these. But a lot to talk about when a Star Wars trailer comes out. There's a lot that happens, a lot of speculation. There's a lot of um, there, there's a lot of uh, reveals in a Star Wars trailer, or kind of the direction that they're going, which characters we're going to maybe be focusing on, what the storyline's going to be. They've done a fantastic job since... Kathleen Kennedy took over Lucasfilm of keeping everything completely under wraps and not letting mm-hmm. any kind of stuff get out there. And the stuff that does get out there, like you have to dig to find it. Like you have to want to find rumors for that to happen. And uh, that, I think that probably started with the precedent J.J. Abrams set on episode seven and his secrecy policies with Bad Robot and all that he does. But uh, that's continued over now to episode eight and writer, director, writer-director Ryan Johnson at the helm this time around. And we talked about his work this week already in Looper, one of his more successful, commercially successful Mm -hmm. films. And uh, I'm just so excited to see where he takes Star Wars. Uh, He was on the dream list whenever we thought of a dream list for when they announced that Disney had acquired Lucasfilm. We were like, man, who, who are the directors we would love to see Involved in Star Wars. I know J.J. was on the list. I know Ryan Johnson was on the list. Louis and, Lettier. And uh, Zack Snyder was on the <laughs> list. No. And Michael Bay, and we'll just line them up. John M. Chu. <laughs> what if they just went that direction with this? Just, oh. all right, we're good. We've made our $4 billion back. Yeah. Just bring in yeah. Snyder. Finish this thing out. On a strong note. Get it? Strong note. Uh, because just- they're all jacked. Luke is just so yoked. Man. How yoked uh, would Ray have to get for? <laughs> she would look like China. <laughs> May she rest in peace. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens when these come out, and uh, and I'm just excited to kind of speculate with you here mm-hmm. on on the things. But man, I love days like today because it's the best. We man. we anticipated this trailer dropping this week, but uh, I think I texted Brian and was like. Are you available later to talk about Star Wars? And he was like, "Is it supposed to drop today?" And I said, "Yeah, I hear it in a few minutes." And then, like four minutes later, I got the <laughs> "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh" text message. So uh, you watched it one more time before we jumped on here, uh-huh. and I don't know why because I know you had already watched it seventy-eight <laughs> times. You've been watching it on a loop since uh, yeah. it debuted. Um, but I did pass out for about four hours, though, so that's part of it. Yeah. Like anytime there's a Star Wars trailer, <laughs> I just pass out spontaneously. <laughs> I'm just done. Cooper, your little kid's got, <laughs> yeah. he's got the defibrillator. Yeah. He's like, Daddy. <laughs> it's, it's okay, son. It's, it's Star it's Wars. It's in a Star Wars packaging. Yeah. It's yeah. Just like, <laughs> it looks the like, glass has the logo, the Star Wars Yeah, it's like a BB-8 defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> he got trained at a young age to use oh, the defibrillator. Oh, jeez. That's Good. funny. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what we expected from this. I know what I personally expected from this, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to hear your general thoughts. We'll take a break here 
in a few minutes after we talk general thoughts on this, and uh, we'll we'll break it down scene by scene. But uh, I want your general thoughts on the Last Jedi and kind of where where does Star Wars exist in the zeitgeist right now? It feels <laughs> sure. we're feel very far removed from the Force Awakens, believe it or not. I feel like yeah, that was seven years ago, you know, when that mm-hmm. came out. And uh, Rogue One came and went, kind of. It had an audience and uh, didn't really make tons of waves in the Star Wars universe, other than, wow, uh, it's cool that they could do a standalone and everything. But uh, I, I definitely feel felt the impact from The Force Awakens much stronger. And mm-hmm. we can talk about why that is, maybe. But uh, it, it, uh, I'm excited to return to the actual anthology series and, and continue the story that we all kind of uh, fell in love with with episode seven so mm-hmm. where where do you feel this is going and, and where does star wars kind of exist right now yeah it's interesting you say that because i i really liked rogue one it wasn't my favorite star wars movie but i've rewatched it several times and i'll happily rewatch it i mean a, an okay star wars movie is still better than almost every other movie for me so uh it's it's fine but watching this trailer kind of your same thoughts can't like it it did kind of hit me of like this feels just it feels like star wars whereas rogue one is a it's almost like star wars adjacent rogue one felt like uh if you were gonna make a show on sci-fi network and uh uh, based around star wars that that's what it would be like that vibe it's just different it it is it's a different feel it's not bad at all again very fine film um, but Force Awakens and then the original Star Wars movies are just a different thing. Part of it is the score. Like on this trailer, the score kicks in about 20 seconds in and it just to me, I did at least I got goosebumps and you just start to feel like, man, this, I like, I live in a world now where I know I'm going to get a Star Wars movie pretty much every year for at least the next eight years, I, I think. And so I know that's going to happen, and it's always very exciting. And then a trailer drops, especially one that's going to be for one of the the trilogy episodes. And it's like my my brain just has this rush of of adrenaline endorphins of like, hey, Star Wars is here. Star Wars is coming. We're getting a Star Wars movie this yeah. year, and I just start freaking out. Um, gosh, the trailer. So, and, and part of all, you know, hundred percent. There's plenty of nostalgia built into this because A, I love Star Wars, and B, my kid loves Star Wars, and now this is the third time that we've gotten a new Star Wars movie in his lifetime and getting to see him get excited about it and uh, know that I'm passing on the nerdiness to him and whatnot is just, it, you know, that adds to the whole element. But you're you're 100% right. There's something different about... Uh, episode seven, episode eight, and uh, I assume in a couple years, episode nine trailers as compared to uh, Rogue One or yeah. what we're going to get when the Han Solo trailer breaks or Boba Fett or whatever, you know, the standalone Jar Jar Binks movie in the distant future, you know, whatever it is, those are always, I think they're, I, I think I've come to the conclusion after today that those are always going to have not less excitement, but a different, a different kind of excitement as compared to what this is. Episode seven, eight, and nine, and then whatever they, whatever the main storyline is after that. I think those are always going to feel just a little bit more special um, as compared to the Rogue Ones. Uh, and like I said, I don't, I don't know that I felt that way until today when that trailer hit and I got a different rush of emotions mm-hmm. than I do than I did for Rogue One and that kind of changed my my view on all this. So, yeah. But again, we live in a world can't we for the I would say at least for the next 5 to 8 years we are never going to be further than 12 months away from another Star Wars movie. And that's <laughs> pretty exciting. So, with the way they're with the way they're special. staggering them, it's less than 12 months. It's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a 10 yeah. month or a 9 right. month wait yeah. between them. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that. But man, I agree, Brian. It's just nothing compares to Star Wars, right? Like, we do right. movies basically almost professionally, I mean, for a living now. I mean, we watch, we see so many movies that mm-hmm. we're just kind of in the the whole thick of the the movie zeitgeist at this point in time. And, and we love different kinds of movies. You know, we, we always like to speculate where certain, you know, what can they do with the, the Universal Monsters series and King Kong right. and Godzilla and all these things. And 
and we get really excited about an alien trailer and a reboot and things like that. And, 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 you know, we're texting about it and, and, but man, when something Star Wars happens, it's like, oh yeah, Star Wars is the best. You know, mm-hmm. like it just, yeah. it just puts it all in perspective that the king on, of the castle is Star Wars yeah. and it always will be. And there's <laughs> nothing anyone can do to change it. Because the funny thing is, and uh, I don't know if this is on purpose by George Lucas, but it really, it really has rung true since the, the original one came out that everybody feels the ownership of Star Wars, right? You go up to your son. Brian, mm-hmm. your son yeah. is what three or four years old, and mm-hmm. and he Star Wars is his thing, you know. Right. You go up to somebody that's seventy five, and be like, "Man, I love Star Wars. It's it's my thing." And they'll be like, "No, no, it's my thing. I was there when, and I was twenty years old when I saw the original, you right. know, uh, come out." Everyone feels ownership of it, and uh, that's very rare <laughs> nowadays. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's a a target demographic, and those people like it for that time, and they kind of grow out of it or pass it down to their kids or something, but. Uh, I feel like everybody who has been on board will always be on board and uh, new generations alike. And man, you just got to give so much credit to JJ because how, like you said, Brian, how do you capture that magic? How how do you make something feel like Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's such right. an easy thing to say, oh, this feels like Star Wars. But what is that? Like what tangible thing can you do as a director to make it feel like the original trilogy? And yeah. man, what a what a tall task he he had, and he really did bring back that magic. And this is proof. I mean, uh, Ryan Johnson is a totally different director than J.J. Abrams, and I'm sure J.J. is an executive producer of The Last Jedi. I'm sure, and had a big role in you know consultation and everything like that. But he just set a precedent so high for these next three directors. And Colin Trevorrow is Episode Nine, and uh, I just wonder if they can kind of continue the magic. I think Mm -hmm. Ryan Johnson might understand Star Wars better than any of the directors that they've announced. You know what I mean? I feel like he truly, truly gets it. And we'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, from from the looks of this trailer, it seems like the the vibe is right. The cinematography is what we should and want to expect. Uh, It wasn't too much of a difference between... The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, it's not such a stark contrast. Like, imagine if you had seen Star Wars 77, and then you go in the theater in uh, 79 or 80 and see the trailer for The Empire Strikes Back. You're like, is this even the same universe? Like, why are they, (laughs) why is there a snow planet? You know, like, no, it wouldn't have made sense to you because that, that, that would have, it would have been such a difference. But this just seems like a natural progression from, the Force Awakens, and mm-hmm. maybe, hopefully, in the last, I mean, uh, episode nine, there's no title for it, the last movie of this series, that uh, we kind of get that resolution that we've been hoping for. I really feel like this is going to be more even setting up for episode nine. I hate to say that. I don't feel like there's going to be much big stuff here. Maybe some kind of reveal, such as who's Ray's parents are, who Kylo Ren's mm-hmm. par- uh, uh, who Kylo Ren really... Um, like, are they brother and sister, Ray mm-hmm. and Kylo? Uh, there's going to be some kind of Darth Vader, I am your father reveal in this movie, yeah. just to keep yeah. up with the tradition of Star Wars. But that's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be Ray's family heritage lineage is going to be the reveal. And we're going to find out either if she was a Skywalker or a Kenobi or maybe even a, a Sky, you know, um, a, a Solo, uh, yeah. Leia and, and Han's daughter. So we'll see. And uh, what's your kind of speculation plot wise as we go here? First of all, the one speculation you can you can tell is that Luke is training Ray, uh, mm-hmm. Ray right, uh, to be a Jedi, and uh, in a very Yoda Dagobah kind of way mm-hmm. with the yeah. voiceover and the lightsaber training on Octu, and we'll have to see where that goes. But that's really the only thing they've given away by the uh, by this trailer. We know Kylo Ren's involved still. Finn is back, which is a, which is a, uh, it was a speculatory thing. And when mm-hmm. he kind of goes to sleep at the end of The Force Awakens, you don't know if they're going to bring the character back or in what capacity, but he's in some kind of medical pod in this. And mm-hmm. uh, so, where do you think plot wise, before we take a break here and, and break this thing down scene by scene, where, where, where do you, what's your, I guess, plot synopsis at this point? And this is all, spe- I, I want to go back and listen to our, 
plot synopsis of <laughs> The Force Awakens yeah. after the first trailer because I'm sure it's dead on. But uh, right, yeah, ahead. we definitely got 100 percent right. Yeah. No, like I think it's I think you're right. It's there's going to be a lot of similarities between this one and Empire Strikes Back, and uh, that will be I think is very purposeful. And uh, I think you're right that there's not. I, I would hazard to guess that this will be as much of a setup for the ninth installment as it is its own movie, but empire is that way too. And empire is, I think by most accounts, most people will tell you empire is the best star Wars movie. So it's to me, that's like, it's one of the few middle movies of a trilogy. Uh, and you know, it, it's no coincidence that it was one of the first ones to do that too. But it, it from, you know, then on from 1980 on, however many trilogies there are out there, it's one of the very few, I think that, uh, hits it on the right note as far as opening the movie correctly and closing the movie correctly to where it does, you can watch it as its own thing. And I do quite frequently. Um, but it also, I think bleeds over beautifully from a new hope and then leaves you in a good place moving forward for, for Jedi. So I think that's the goal here. Clearly we're going to get training from, from Luke for Ray. Um, and the difference being perhaps that Luke is a little bit jaded towards, uh, Jedi ness and the, the entire process of becoming a Jedi, which adds a different element to it instead of the, uh, you know, cut Yoda's bit of, uh, being the, the, yeah, know, the ultimate like all about it, yeah. trainer and all that sort of thing. So that's going to be a big player. But yeah, you were, I imagine we're going to get a lot of questions and answers uh, regarding Ray's heritage, how she connects to Kylo Ren. I think we're going to get some of the Kylo Ren backstory, maybe develop that a little bit more. And that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, but yeah, dude, like I expect, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, we know Harrison Ford's not going to be a big part of this. Uh, unfortunately we know Carrie Fisher is not going to be a huge part of it. I, you could see her in the trailer, so I know that she's going to be, she'll be in it some, but I don't know how much. Um, and so like beyond Luke, this is, this is the new classes movie. I mean, this is where it really starts. That first force awakens is the handing off of, uh, of the torch essentially. And this is where they start to take over. And then, so I think you'll get, I think you get a heavy dose of Luke in this movie as because Ray is the main focus of the film. And I kind of expect if Luke doesn't die in this film, I think we're getting we're writing him to the background some way, if if nothing else. Uh, and, and this is this is Ray and Finn and Poe and such moving forward. Oh, man, I just had a crazy prediction for this. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'm going to this is the last thing we'll talk about before we take our break. Um, Ray's gonna die in this movie. I have a feeling Uh-oh. that's gonna be the Whoa. holy crap moment. Is Whoa. that is that Ray will not be in the last one, and the Whoa. ninth one will be Luke versus Kylo Ren for you know the legacy of if it's gonna be Vader or Luke once and for all. You know because Kylo's taking it upon himself to finish what he started. You know <laughs> and. Man, that just that like that would be the most holy crap thing you could do if you were Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, crazy, crazy. <laughs> so you heard it here first. If that happens, that was a total <laughs> guess. I don't have any insight. They're not texting me spoilers or scripts or anything like that. But I just got that feeling right when you were talking about that that Ray Ray won't be here long. Um, I I would bet more on Luke being here long term than Ray, but that might be me. Okay. So, we're going to take a break here, break this thing down scene by scene, and talk more The Last Jedi. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So let's break this down literally frame by frame, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the way this starts out. Uh-huh. starts out with the kind of twinkle music from the uh, opening crawl. And you, what we see is a star field. But when it becomes into more focus, it is a rock or stone on Octu with Leia gasping for breath. This is very similar to me as the teaser for The Force Awakens where we see what we think is Tatooine, and then boom, out of breath, Finn pops into the frame and uh, and his stormtrooper armor, and then there you go, you're right in the universe. Uh, what a cool visual trick for Ryan Johnson to kind of throw at us right from the beginning and uh, in this trailer and kind of give you a hint at his visual style and his uh, sensibilities. Uh, this is a guy who really knows what he's doing, and that's not a shot that's easy to execute by any means mm-hmm. but man i thought that would have been such a cool way to start the movie you know opening crawl comes and then that the star feel with the music and then boom it's this pan out almost or uh you know light comes into the frame to reveal ray there but i'm guessing that uh the first scene in the movie is going to be exactly where we left off from in uh the force awakens with with yeah. uh ray and luke face to face her handing him the lightsaber. We don't know his reaction. Uh, we do know what he says, which is, who are you? That's the only thing that's ever been revealed about The Last Jedi was that. I think Hamill said that. That's the first words of him to raise, who are you? So he doesn't know who she is right off the top. It's not like he recognizes her or, um, you know, he might have known her in a past life or when she was little, but obviously he wouldn't recognize her in her current mm-hmm. state. So that's probably where it's going to open. And I'm assuming that uh, her out of breath here is from this uh, training sequence or yeah. uh, training part of the movie of Luke and, and Ray that uh, she's out of breath in a similar way that Luke was on Dagobah when he was running around and doing flips and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, what did you it's gonna think be of cool. Yeah. It's going to be cool when he climbs on her back and just rides her around. Like, <laughs> well, she, uh, put a, she put a photo out on <laughs> or he put a photo yeah. out on Twitter of him riding yeah. her back and pointing like like Yoda <laughs> And some of the Photoshop things that people did with that was hilarious. Just search, yes. just search for that Photoshop battles with, uh, with that. And man, the internet is great sometimes, but it it it's good. And and wow, you think <laughs> Luke could come back in some kind of ghost form, you know? But the fact mm-hmm. that he's going to be in this movie and have an actual impact on things yeah. is really exciting. Like we haven't seen Luke and. Since, you know, Jedi, so. Right. And Mark Hamill's great. Mark Hamill really is an American treasure sort of personality. Um, and his presence, he gets, I think he gets it and he got it before, as far as like what this means to the fans and uh, the people that want to come and talk to him at a con or, or, you know, on the street or anything like that. I think he got it before Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher or any of the the other crew like he really seems to understand what the significance that these movies have for people like me you know more so than I think any of those others any of the others did or 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 probably do still he said that him and George Lucas had a meeting in like the 80s you Mm -hmm. know after Star Wars had kind of ended 
maybe 1985 or something like that. And George said to Mark, so would you ever want to come back someday and uh, be like an Obi-Wan Ben kind of wise old Jedi with a beard? And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, when, do you think, when <laughs> right, are you thinking? Yeah. He's like, oh, somewhere around 2011. You know, like he had the exact date when he wanted to do the final thing. And I think 2012 was when they bought the rights and announced the, uh, the Force Awakens was going to happen, or 789 was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just so, George Lucas is such an interesting person because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many times he's said on camera, you know, after the prequels came out, well, are there going to be any more? He's like, no. <laughs> and like, why not? And he's like, this, there is no more story. Like, that's yeah. it. That's all I've got. But then he says now that, oh, I had all this written out and everything and where it was going to happen to Luke. And, and I think he's kind of spinning in circles on that. Like he, 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 he tried to say that, uh, that the original trilogy in the prequels was Anakin's story, right? It's uh, the right. rise and fall of Darth Vader for mm-hmm. pretty much and, and how he became Darth Vader. But we all knew as a fan base that this was Luke Skywalker's story, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Regardless of where where that's what, where that's where he wanted uh, them to take this, that's where they took it, and it's been all the better. Like that's the only story we've really cared about, other than than Han. You know, mm-hmm. is Luke. So, man, he's in Force Awakens for like seven seconds, Lucas. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's so epic. It's mm-hmm. like it wasn't. T- taking 25 takes just to do that because it's so yeah. perfect you know what i mean one of the all-time great closing shots for, for at least from a blockbuster kind of movie you when, know, when he pulls the hood movie. off and he's like yeah. sternly looking lightsaber so i mean that's just dope that's yeah. such a good scene gosh speaking yeah. of that the second little glimpse we get in the last jedi teaser is uh is the actual island from afar mm-hmm. with a sunset and everything gorgeous shot yeah uh, it kind of sets the scene we see uh we hear a voiceover saying, just breathe. We, we think that's Luke mm-hmm. uh, instructing that to Lair, And he says, reach out. Ray, what do you see? Leia. Ray, right? I, Ray. A, I get those Ray. every time, man. <laughs> Lay, Ray. Leia, Ray. It, it, they have the same pronunciation. Uh, Ray, we assume that is Luke instructing Ray again. And he says, yeah. reach out. What do you see? And then we see Pebbles kind of floating as she's touching the ground. Mm. And manipulating objects similar to Luke in in The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. and uh, where he's stacking the stones uh, upside down. That reminded me of that. So all the homages we've gotten thus far are Empire homages, and uh, yeah. that, I guess that's on purpose. And then we get a glimpse of General Leia Organa from behind mm-hmm. uh, with a star map. I think she I just hangs that. around star maps. That's ninety nine percent of her job. Yeah, is just yeah. They are. They do look. They look awesome. So yeah, star I would maps be like, are really cool. If I was in the universe, I'd be like, just show me where the star maps are, and I'll just be <laughs> yeah. there. All right, I'll just hang out in that room. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we hear another voice. We hear Ray talking to Luke, saying "light and darkness." When he says, "What do you see?" And then we hear some Darth Vader breathing, and Obi Wan saying the words "seduced by the dark side." And then we see a smashed version of Kylo Ren's helmet with the Kylo Ren theme notes played under it in the score, which has become iconic and already, you know? I, I love the, the Kylo theme in The Force Awakens when his ship first comes down at the beginning of the movie and it's that mm-hmm. big, bold um, brass instruments. I love that fanfare of Star Wars. It, it's so... Mm-hmm. essential to this you know the uh yeah, the music yeah, fanfare totally. and so we get a smashed helmet of kylo ren uh maybe he smashes that himself maybe that's a it's after a battle of some kind maybe that's left over on uh because he does lose his helmet at the end of force awakens maybe that's left over uh from that movie but uh the the only glimpse we get of kylo in this is with his helmet off which mm-hmm. bums me out because the helmet is so cool the helmet is and cool. I hope he didn't. They don't just abandon that in the first act of this, and then we get emo Kylo Ren for the rest of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I maybe he gets a new helmet. Yeah, uh, maybe he's wearing a Darth Vader helmet. I don't know. We'll see. What oh happens. wow, they couldn't do that. <laughs> no. What if he? But well, it was burned. It just up. doesn't yeah. fit quite right. But it'd be really kind of funny to see him try. And this is my grandfather. The yeah. shot of the burnt 
helmet is awesome and it was totally worth doing for um for the force awakens you know where he's kind of worshiping the or talking yeah. to the burnt helmet it's such an iconic little moment but if he if he had somehow like received the helmet or pulled it out of the funeral pyre and like maybe put some technology into it to repurpose it like how awesome mm. would that have been if kylo ren's helmet had been like darth vader's helmet just like scraps of it you know Oh, yeah, that would have been yeah. a really cool way to go about it too. But I, I'm, I'm fine with the design that they arrived on. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. So we see a bookshelf now, illuminate. It took me forever to figure out what that was. I was like, is that a ship yeah, landing? Yeah, like same that. Here. Maybe you could have panned in a little bit more on it, but it's so far away. And I was watching on just normal, like you know, 50 inch TV screen. Maybe in a theater, <laughs> you'd be able to see, yeah, that better what that was. But I couldn't tell. And we hear what sounds like Yoda's voice. And uh, so maybe Yoda involved in this in some capacity, the spirit of Yoda. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, but I love the idea. One of my favorite parts of Star Wars in general, especially as it relates to the Jedi, is just the mythology of everything and the, uh, I guess, the the legend and the rules and the... so. I like in my expanded universe reading when I was super cool and not dating girls in middle school and high school. Um, there was a, like a very easy pull for me would be anything that was related to Luke trying to discover the origins or the backstory and the history and whatnot of the Jedi and exploring old Jedi temples and, and things like that. And so the idea that there's like a library of Jedi books made my nerd radar right. go off big time. I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. Exactly. That's really, really cool. And I love the logo. The Jedi logo is so cool. Like she kind of mm-hmm. touches. And when we see the pages of the book, I really like that. Um, we hear Luke's whispering. It's so much bigger. We are guessing that's in the idea of the force and light and the ideals of the force is so much bigger yeah. than she can even fathom, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a uh, great. I love her kind of coming to terms with her abilities, which is going to be probably the majority of this movie is her kind of becoming a Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, like a real Jedi. She, she uh, I don't think she knew what was going on in the force awakens half the time. She's like, why did this, uh, lightsaber just fly into my hand? You know, yeah. uh, why can yeah. I do this? You know, she's going to figure that all out now and find her calling. And yeah. that's a cool part of force awakens too, that I, yeah. I think maybe has kind of gotten overlooked just because of how much awesome there is to deal with there. But the one, I truly one of the, one of the best parts to me of force awakens is her and Finn, especially, seeing um the not just the jedi but also uh han and and leia as as the stuff of legend that is such a cool touch to me and that's that comes out beautifully in that sequence when she finds the lightsaber because it's to her it's an artifact not as so much like a piece of reality if that makes sense like it's not part of her reality it is something that she's heard about only in legend and story and so to get that and not really know what to do with it and to be scared of it too you know it's man that's such a and the idea that the lightsaber is calling to her and all that is cool too i just i love 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 in force awakens the way that they structured these you know young people not quite really truly knowing what they're in for and what these people were all about i love that i think that's such a cool part i don't think we ever talked about it on here but did you hear how the force wagons was supposed to start the opening card after the opening crawl i can't remember it was supposed so where it starts is we see a planet and then we see an empire ship like covering all the light of the planet right and then two ships fly out and those are the ships of the stormtroopers heading down one of them has finn and and kylo and all that Really cool shot, kind of consistent. Nothing flashy, but consistent with what we would expect from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The original shot was supposed to be Starfield, right? After the crawl, and then flying by the camera, we see a hand grasping a lightsaber. And it's Luke's oh, hand yeah. grasping the lightsaber. And so they they ditched that, obviously, because that would have been like, <laughs> what? Zombie hand, you know, and all this? Right, and right. what the physics involved and all that, considering his hand you know, fell down and not up. Like how would it have gotten into space? It just makes no sense on cloud city. You know, it just makes no sense. And, and star Wars fanboys would probably 
go crazy. But it was supposed to make that last scene that much more effective when we see Luke and the first thing you see is his robot hand, right? Yeah. And uh, pulling away his cloak. So it was supposed to come full circle in that way in that movie, and it, it, it didn't end up happening. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear maybe we reveal where Maz Katana got the lightsaber and everything. She says it's a long story for another day or something like that in The Force Awakens. So maybe we we kind of find out the path uh, that led to Rey discovering the lightsaber in this movie. So after we uh, get that, we see a wide shot of Rey training the lightsaber on the island, which is a gorgeous shot and taken from very far away. And all you really see Mm -hmm. is the flashes of the lightsaber in the distance against that water and the, the silhouette of the mountain. Wow. Awesome. Really like that. So we see it says coming in December and then boom, here come the fighters, right? Here come the, uh, first order, uh, fighters and everything. And they're trailing like red smoke. That looks awesome for some That was so cool. Gosh. And what's cool about it is, uh, you know, Star Wars has always been kind of known as the gritty space, you know, space movie. It wasn't uh, what b- came before, like the 2001 A Space Odyssey and Star Trek and things like that were very pristine mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything. Space junk was more, it was more dirty and grimy and you could see the, the grime and dirt on R2-D2 in the original movie. Like they had been places around the galaxy, right? Uh they kind of hammer that home here when the ship flies into frame and almost crashes right there. You know, like nobody's yeah. perfect in this universe. These are just Joe Schmoes driving these fighters <laughs> around trying to kill each other, you know, and uh, it hits the ground and bounces. I thought that was a really cool touch to be like, you know what? This is there's humans at the helm of this, you know, and it's yeah. not all robotic and everything. I love that shot. I love the planet looks like some kind of a desert planet with what looks to be like a frozen lake or, I mean, a dried up lake bed or something. Yeah. Where it's similar to the, where they have the pod races on, on tattooing in the, in the Phantom Menace. Then we get a glimpse of Finn. Looks like he's in a health pod or something like that. Maybe on Starkiller base or something like mm-hmm. that. I, there is some, graphics there but i i haven't heard any speculation thus far of what those graphics mean or if there's any kind of easter eggs in there and then we see poe remember poe yeah poe dameron and bb8 running through a corridor and uh that this is that's the moment for me where you're just like man this is this is star wars again right you're right back in the story and I think they could spin off Ray into her own movie. You know, they, this movie could have just been Ray, Luke, and Kylo Ren. But man, we're getting all these characters back. We forgot, forgot about BB-8 completely, which was most people talked about all the time coming out of the first teaser trailer for uh, for the Force Awakens was BB-8 and how cool that was. It seems like an afterthought at this point, right? Like, oh, okay, there's yeah. BB-8. You know, it's just we're spoiled in that sense. We see Poe's X-wing explode. In a uh, in a hangar of some kind, then we get more Tie Fighter action. It's chasing the Millennium Falcon, so uh, we don't see Chewbacca in the trailer. But the worst we, part of the whole trailer, yeah, we don't Chewbacca. See, I, they'll yeah. save him for it'll be the Han moment of Gosh. the next one, right? It'll be C three PO, R two D two, and Chewbacca will be like the reveal for, <laughs> and maybe Leia actually too because uh, of what the situation. But mm-hmm. so. I guess uh, Ray's still flying the Falcon around, or at least it's Gosh. in this movie of some kind. We don't know who's driving. They don't really show that, but yeah. uh, the Falcon. I'm not will sure be there's anything better in a trailer at this point than just seeing the Millennium Falcon fly <laughs> yeah. through. That was so cool. Yeah, and not as cool as Force Awakens. Yeah, I don't think. I don't that, think you can still beat so great. They, yeah. they, you know, the loop de loop that it does in the Force Awakens teaser yeah. is so yeah. cool. Like the perfect way to mm-hmm. introduce mm-hmm. this. And then we see Ray with a lightsaber, maybe fighting someone, maybe training. It's not really clear at this point. Uh, it's kind of a late in the night or early in the morning. Then we see a shot of Kylo Ren with his signature lightsaber and his face mm-hmm. uh, looking to be fighting someone as well. And then we hear, I only know the truth, which is a Luke voiceover as he looks over at uh, some burning remains and R2-D2 is there and it looks to be what was flashback in... Uh, the Force Awakens. We had a very small glimpse, quick glimpse of Captain Phasma and the First Order Stormtroopers uh, in some burning background. 
So hopefully Captain Phasma, a really character that we really enjoyed. Yeah. That was yeah. Underutilized. Hopefully she's actually part Ho- of the movie this time. Hopefully yeah. we get some story there and, and it's, it's more of a, you know, director critic type role than it, or general Hux type role than it was just a background character that looked cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, from all indications, we've heard that Phasma is more involved in this movie. And then we get a space battle, X-Wings, A-Wings, uh, TIE Fighters, all battling in space, which we all love. Looks so good. And then I'm we, not sure there's ever been a sci-fi... I don't know if there's ever been a, a sci-fi universe that does space battles as well as Star Wars does. Like It just looks so cool yeah. in yeah. every single... I mean, even the prequels, some of those space battles are trash compared to the other Star Wars movies, and they still look really good compared to, you know, yeah. the normal sci-fi space movie sort of thing. You're right. We hear another voiceover saying it's time for the Jedi to end as he's, mm. as Luke is, is looking over his shoulder, I would presume, where he has been living uh, out of a cave. We see his silhouette or another really, really cool shot. And uh, so there's the speculation, Brian. Where what does that mean? It's time for the Jedi to end. Does that mm-hmm. mean him? Does that mean other Jedi that aren't him? Does that mean uh, uh, he I has think- to he has to take it upon himself to make sure Kylo Ren doesn't become a Jedi or anything like that? Uh, you know, is Jedi plural in that? Right. Is no, I, Jedi I, I, the plural of Jedi is Jedi? So that right. that's hard to it's hard to tell there. So I think we're led to believe that. Luke has kind of lost his faith, in, essentially, in uh, the Jedi and in the uh, the Force and the religion that goes w- in within these movies that goes with that. All of that, I think that's where we're supposed to ha- we're supposed to let our minds wander to. Whether that's actually what comes through on the screen, I I don't know. But that's I that's with the the pretty heavy implication that I took from the trailer and added into the context clues of like how everything went down in the force awakens because you know we're at a place where luke has basically exiled himself because kylo ren was his number one pupil and kylo ren turned to the dark side and uh, we believe basically eradicated all the other jedi in the galaxy and so very much like obi-wan he has to basically just exile himself and but perhaps different from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, I think, always remained true to uh, his faith, as it were, in the Force. And I think that we're supposed to believe, at least, that Luke is not running that same path. That he's this has made him question his faith in the Force to the point of uh, believing that this is only going to bring about more damage to the universe than what has already taken place. So where, yeah. you know, how does that play out? Does that turn into Ray's, you know, her overwhelming goodness and talent with the force leads him to um, rediscover his own faith in it? Does it lead him to abandoning her and maybe eventually gets, pulled? we know he trains her at some point. So, you know, does she pull him back into do the training or, does he bail halfway through? Does Luke himself kind of turn to the dark side through all of this? That right. could be an interesting play out yeah. as well. So there's a whole lot of options to go with, but I think it starts with, I don't believe in this anymore, or whatever I do believe, I this has just become, we're not good for the galaxy. We're past our prime and we need to, there needs to not be an order of the Jedi, basically. Right. And is, is it, you're right. Could it be that Luke becomes his father and, mm-hmm. and turns to the dark side and is swayed right. by the dark side of the force? And, and it all comes full circle in that way. That's an interesting point, too. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw this article posted by Vulture, and the title is, Honestly, How Dare Star Wars Not Show Us Laura Dern? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not really missing that. If Laura no. Dern had shown up in this, I'd be like, ugh. Like I was in, I was in until Laura Dern's face just pops in like that. That would have taken me right out of it. <laughs> uh, and I love Jurassic Park, but I'm yeah, no, no more. Just no, I'm done. I've heard she's a horrible human in real life too. So that that uh, contributes to it. But, <laughs> uh, she's obnoxious. But um, any other kind of closing thoughts here, Brian? There's 
There's a lot to speculate on, like I said. Uh, there's no image of her. Uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, absent in the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, a lot of questions surrounding that. Who is Supreme Leader Snoke and what's his real role in all of this? Maybe we'll find more about that, but maybe we won't. Mm-hmm. This could be, again, more of an isolated story. And uh, we will have to see. But I really anticipate this fitting the fitting the template of The Empire Strikes Back. I think that scene with on the dry lake bed with the fighters and the red smoke, I think that's going to be the opening scene of the movie, the opening battle scene. And, okay. uh, and a similar way to Hoth. And, you know, what's the complete opposite of uh, snow would be desert, right? So Yeah. Maybe so. We're big on desert in this We're big on desert. <laughs> desert. I think they're enough, you know, with Jakku and with Tatooine. I think they've done the uh, desert planet a lot, but this is a different uh-huh. kind of desert planet, so it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. And uh, we don't get General Hux in the trailer either, Dominal Gleason's character, and that might he might have a role here as well. And Billy Lord, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter, mm-hmm. is in this again too, which we only see her like once or twice in. Uh, in episode seven, but maybe she has a bigger role going forward. I would assume they would try to make her have a bigger role and kind of carry on her mother's legacy. Right. So right. we will see what that what happens with that. So that's about it, man. That's all we got. Pumped, that's all I man. got. I'm, I'm, pumped. I'm pumped, and uh, it's only a two minute trailer, and it is a mm-hmm. teaser, mind you. Yeah. We will have so, a full length trailer that'll presumably tell us more about uh, what the movie's about and show us a little bit more. It'll be probably two and a half minutes instead of two minutes. And they released the first poster today, which is epic. Yeah, looks you great. saw that. Looks really it's very cool. classic. I very think, artsy, so. not mm. not photoshopped terribly. Uh, looks yeah. like you can already struzeny. Yeah, very struzeny. It looks like you could hang it in in your game room, and it would fit right along with the original seventy seven posters and everything. Yeah. It looks vintagey already. So very cool. Love the color choices: the red, white, and blue, and Ray at the middle. In a very similar pose to Luke in the original Star Wars poster with the lightsaber going towards the sky. And then we get a Kylo Ren and Luke uh, sort of half faces facing off. So that's what I think, Brian. Going out on a limb. Ray's gone and it's going to be Luke versus Kylo Ren at the end of this. uh, Or in episode nine. That's where it's going to go. All right. I like it. I like the theory. What are they going to do in episode nine? You know, I, I mean, are they going to give us Ray against Kylo Ren again? Like, we've seen that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, that's when we discover the Dinobots, though, I think is episode <laughs> nine. So it really takes off yeah. from there. Uh, that's why they brought Michael Bay into the fold, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think we're setting up for... I would I would hazard to guess one of two things happens in this particular movie. Luke dies, and it sets... Ray opposite Kylo Ren for our final battle in episode nine and with revenge on the table in addition to just, um, you know, good side against light against dark and whatnot. Or the other thing that I don't think Ray is going to die. I think there's a, ch- there's a decent chance that Ray drifts to the dark side and is swayed by Kylo Ren. And then now you've got Luke teaming up with Finn and Poe and whoever else going to try to, uh, you know, to talk her off the ledge and bring her back to the light. That's, that's my guess is one of those two things happens. Cool. Good speculation. Well, the last Jedi comes out December of 2017 and I'm assuming it'll be the only movie anyone talks about for the next couple (laughs) of months. Where do you think that, do you think right now this will make more money than the force awakens? I don't think so. I just, don't think so because I, I don't think anything will touch Force Awakens like that because it's just that was such a this movie looks incredible. I actually think this has a chance to be the best, and I've said this before. It's not just since this trailer, but just with Ryan Johnson and where J.J. Abrams left the the series and whatnot. I think this could be the best Star Wars movie ever. I just think Force Awakens was such a cultural touchstone because it was the first one back in so long and it had so much hype going into it. This is going to make what did Force Awakens make? It made it made, it made over 2 billion. It made 2. Point, I think it made 2.5. Okay. Or something like that, but Avatar is at 2.7 for the number 1 of all time and I think that's what we talked about. It's like, man, mm. you can get 2 billion or even 2.5, but that extra 
200 million that Avatar mm-hmm. made is yeah. just what, you know? Yeah, Force Awakens made 2.1 billion. There you go. Um I I don't think it will be significantly less. I think this is a this is the 2 billion dollar movie or you know, close to it. So for it it made it made a hundred million less than Titanic. Titanic is is two point a little over two point one. Star Wars Force Awakens is a little under. I'm gonna bring up Avatar real fast. This is exciting radio, I know. Golly. Avatar made just under two point eight. So what did Rogue One make? Rogue One was under two, I believe. And yeah, so it only made it barely broke a billion. I think this makes 1.7 billion, something like okay. that. I'll go and I'll go in even two. Okay. But there's also going to be the people that liked The Force Awakens but didn't really like Ray and Poe and all that. And, Gosh, those people are so and, wrong. And since, oh. and since they know that this isn't going to be Han Solo or it's not going to yeah, be playing yeah. off the original trilogy as much, they might just not mm-hmm. care anymore. Yeah. There's definitely know? that group of people, for yeah. sure. So yeah. that they got to think about that, too. Mm-hmm. So... All right, Brian, thanks for joining me again Yes, uh, for this. We hope the listener out there... Yeah, thanks for listening. We got It's so much fun when something like this happens because we get a bunch of tweets and emails and Facebook comments and stuff like that demanding an episode or, are you guys going to do a trailer episode, that sort of thing. And I love that. That's such a cool feeling that uh, we can get on this and talk for 50 minutes about a two-minute teaser trailer and people actually care. So it's cool. It's, 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 these, these days are the best. So It is. Well, where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Uh, Kent, where can we find you? Find me online at Kent Garrison. Kent Garrison on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Find us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us five stars. Tell a friend. That helps grow the show. Until next week, we will be talking Fast 8. Fate of the Furious in all things fast. So that's our yearly talk then. And uh, next week, we will see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.